Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline, as we were teasing earlier. Dan Patrick joins us on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Legend. Not only the legendary broadcaster that he is, Sports Center anchor, also radio host of the Dan <laughs> Patrick Show, but also the author of the occasional accurate annals of football, the NFL's greatest players, plays, scandals, and screw-ups, and plus stuff we totally made up. Dan, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? Thanks for the invitation, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I, I've listened to a ton of your interviews before where you were the interviewee, right? And I've heard you talk about your hunger, your drive to be better, and really everything you do, the early Sports Center anchor days. It's been fun to listen to. You are such a competitor in that realm, right? At least that's what you would talk about. I, I want to know, did you attack this book the same way you did with some of your early broadcasting days with that kind of hunger, with that kind of competition to put out the best product possible? I probably didn't approach it the same way because you can be competitive, but it's hard to be competitive having a sense of humor. You know, I was just driven that I wanted to, each show was going to be great. Each interview had to be great. This was more of, I, I wanted to just have fun with it. Look at all of these different things that have happened in the history of the NFL, certain teams, certain players, certain moments. Be thorough, but the bottom line is, you know, laughing while we did it. Have a sense of humor while we did it. So it was a little bit less competitive and a little bit more uh, whimsical. Well, and- and Dan, I mean, you've talked about it as like a ruthless competitor, like your your competition to be better, watching film, going against the great Stuart Scott in the heyday of Sports Center back in the day. I wonder how much has that approach changed as you are where you are now in your career? Oh, it hadn't changed at all. I mean, I'm I already did my show this morning. I'm already thinking back on what I could have done better. <laughs> um, you just have to. I I never. And my wife says, you know, you've sort of accomplished some things. Why don't you exhale? And I go, no, I can't. I just was not brought up that way. And growing up in a family of six, you know, it was survival. You were, you know, we ate at six o'clock every night. If you got there late, then you had to eat an apple or have some raisins or something. Like it was, you, you had to be disciplined. You had to be on time. You You had to, you know be ready to bring something to the table or you get shut out, you know, with your brothers and sisters. So I, I'm lucky that I grew up that way in a family where nobody was special. Uh, nobody stood out. So you, you fought for that. You fought for attention. You fought for everything. And I did that with sports and I, I approached the job that way. You know, I was doing the 11 o'clock sports center. And I'm working, you know, with Keith Oberman, and we had reached some national prominence. And I was watching the show every single day, every night. When I'd get done, I'd get the tape, and I would go through the entire show. And I kept looking for the things I was doing wrong. And that's not the approach. It should be, let's look at the things you're doing right. And I was looking at, you know, the the glass was half empty. And I eventually let that go where I stopped doing that because I I felt that I was hindering progress, that I wasn't allowing myself to be myself. And 
I, I do that every single day. I try to just step back from the show, but it's a young man's game. I'm 67, but man, I want to kick everybody's butt. I mean, I want to, I, I still want to have that story. I want to have that interview. I, I never want to take, you know, a show for granted. Never. Well, and Dan, that has to be exhausting, though, right? Like, here you are talking about where your wife is telling you, hey, just go ahead and appreciate some of the insane accomplishments that you have achieved in your career. I was reading a GQ interview with you. It was just a few days ago that it was released that I saw. And here you are talking about you announcing not too long ago at the end of your current contract. That's when you're going to hang it up. And you don't want anybody to tell you, hey, now's the time. Like, you want to go out on your own terms. How much has this mentality, having this, not changed in your late 60s, how much does that mentality cause you to say, hey, I'm going to hang it up at the end of this contract, and this is where I'm deciding to back off? I wanted to be able to decide. I I didn't want somebody to tell me. I didn't want to be the last person to know. I didn't want people to laugh at. I want them to laugh with. And look, I know I'm hard on myself and I challenge myself, but that, that got me here. Um, you know, my dad died when he was 54. And so in my mind, it's like, I, I, I never, I just never want to take anything for granted. And I did the last couple of years doing sports center, to be honest with you. I, I was taking it for granted. And I, I, I kept thinking, what am I, what am I doing? Like everybody who was doing sports center with me had left to do other jobs or went to other networks. And I was sort of the old guy there doing highlights. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it was the start of me deciding to leave ESPN. So, you know, fast forward to where we are now. And I just thought, you know what, this is my last contract. And, and then I can go out the way I want to go out and uh, sort of the way I went in. And uh, hopefully that's with, you know, the journalistic integrity that we're supposed to have and the fun of it, uh, the enthusiasm. I mean, I still get excited every day to go into work every day and the challenge of that every day and topics that you tackle and, you know, interaction with the audience. I love doing radio. You can have TV. I love radio. And to be able to do that, we were doing the show in my attic for the first three years when I left (laughs) ESPN. So it's not like I walked out and went to another big network. We were doing a three-hour national radio show in my attic. And we've come a long way from there. Uh, from there, And uh, I just I want to go out on what I sort of designate as on top. Dan Patrick joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And, Dan, in your book, The Occasionally Accurate Annals of Football, one of the things you put in there that's included are baseless conspiracies. And we've had a conspiracy going on here this week with Bryce Young, people questioning, is he really hurt? Are they trying to bench him politely? What's the wildest football conspiracy that you've heard? (laughs) Oh, well, the immaculate reception just, you know, was it really a catch? That's Uh, a good one. Is one that you, you can't, there's no way we could, prove that or disprove that even though i mean there's so many unbelievable moments in that play the cameraman who focused on franco harris um the fact that you had this ricochet imagine if that happened now and you went to the replay what what would you rule it was ruled a touchdown you couldn't overrule that if you didn't call it a touchdown 
you wouldn't have overruled that and said, yes, it is. I mean, it's wild when you think about that. And I, I just, I remember watching the game and I kept one, I didn't know what the rule was. I, cause you know, it's a long time ago, but I'm thinking, wait, can two off, can it ricochet off the offensive player? What if it, wait, did it go off Jack Tatum? Did it go off Frenchie Fuqua? Just that alone is still one of those great, great mysteries that I have. Um, Joe Namath guaranteeing they were going to win Super Bowl three. Did he really guarantee they were going to win Super Bowl three? The whole story, you know, we, we, we kind of created the Joe Willie Namath, Broadway Joe uh, reputation there. Uh, so, I mean, those are just a couple there. All of this stuff with Brady, um, with Spygate and Deflategate and all those things. Um, you know, I'm still fascinated with that that why don't we let quarterbacks do what they want to do to the football? It's, it's they're handling it. It's their team, their receivers, their run. Like, why is it a big mystery? I, I don't know about you guys, but when I played high school basketball, they would break out a brand new basketball. Well, it was slick. It was horrible to play with. If you would have said, Hey, you guys are the home team. Give us your basketball. You know, why can't we do that for quarterbacks? But you know, Tom lied to the commissioner. If he didn't lie, then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been suspended as long as he was. But what happened to those other people? What did they do not do? Like, I'm just, I'm fascinated with those things, but it's because it got so much attention that, you know, we're still looking for answers. Spygate. Did they, did they spy on the Rams during their walkthrough in the Super Bowl? as Marshall Falk claims like it's fun I mean, it's the Patriots and it's Belichick and it's Brady. Therefore, it has legs. But those are just some of the ones that have always stayed with me. Then, Dan, you've been in a lot of movies credited with 36 credits as an actor. Just Go With It would probably be my personal favorite. But what's that like? Because do you necessarily have to go in there and read for parts? I wouldn't think so. Do people just call (laughs) you up and say, hey, man, you want to be in this movie? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, I mean, Thank God I don't have to audition, or I'd ne- I'd never get any of these jobs. But <laughs> Sandler, Sandler has been such a a nice friend, a great friend. And if he if he has a role that he thinks is me, then he'll he always writes something in. He'll go, Danny, you know, I got something for you. And then he'll tell me when they're shooting and when I need to get there, what's involved. But most of the most of the cameos in Sandler movies have been one or two days of shooting. Just go with it where I'm on stage as a nightclub owner with Jennifer Aniston and Nicole Kidman and Dave Matthews. That was a week in Hawaii, and that was a little bit more heavy lifting. But it's weird to be on, like, I know I can't act, but I didn't, I, you know, Kidman and Aniston didn't know I couldn't act, but I kept waiting for them to realize when, they knew I couldn't act. So the whole time I'm on stage, I just, like Nicole Kidman had to look at me and, and just say, he's, he's not an actor. Jennifer <laughs> Aniston might have been a little nicer oh, no. um, in a moment, but I just got the feeling they looked at me like, uh, you're a poser. And oh, they no. would have been right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then DP, the last thing I will ask you is you've done a ton of sports center commercials that are legendary. Do you have a favorite and do you have anything that behind the scenes went on that was wild or anything like that? But what's your favorite sports center commercial you ever did? I think it's one of the uh, first ones we ever did. Now, keep in mind that ad campaign, this is sports center started only because I went to my boss, John Walsh, and he's the one who started sports center. And I said, John, why don't we promote Sports Center? We promote every other show on the network. And he goes, Sports Center doesn't need to be uh, need promotion. I go, Yeah, it does. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't we do a campaign? Just you know, whatever it was. And he said, All right, well, let me run it up the flagpole. And then he eventually found Wyden and Kennedy, great people, advertising people. They came in and walked around for about seven days, maybe ten days just observed everything we did. And then they left, and then they started writing commercials. And uh, we couldn't get any athletes to show up because they didn't get paid. You got, I think, $2,000 to donate to your favorite charity. We have these, this campaign written, these great commercials, and I couldn't get any athletes, and or we couldn't. I called Grant Hill. I said, Grant, would you, would you come to Bristol, Connecticut? He goes, I don't even know where Bristol, Connecticut is. I said, <laughs> you know, we'll find you. I, I said, would you be in a, a commercial? We're not going to pay you. And he goes, you want me to go to Bristol, Connecticut? You're not going to pay me to be in a commercial. I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, all right. <laughs> so his commercial is the one where I get done with the sports center and I've had a bad show, and he's playing the piano in the lobby wearing his Detroit Pistons uniform. And uh, he just said, hey, Dan, what's wrong? And I talk about all the mistakes I made on SportsCenter. He goes, well, maybe this will you know, help you out or pick up your shirts. And I go, thanks, Grant. Thanks. And I put a dollar in the tip jar. Well, once other athletes saw what the commercials were, then everybody wanted to have one. Everybody wanted their sports center commercial. Now we were overrun by athletes who would come in when we started shooting. And, you know, it was big names. You know, LeBron, and you can go down the list of all the people who wanted to do them. But the it's not my favorite, but it, it, it's, um, it stands out because it was so simple and it was real. Uh, Oberman and I would put on our own makeup. They didn't want to pay for a makeup artist, and if this would be like at 10.30 at night, we'd be on the air at 11 Eastern. And we'd go in the bathroom and put on our makeup and then sort of catch up on the day and then get ready to do Sports Center. So I'm putting on my makeup, and we're talking about tough guys in hockey. So the juxtaposition of two grown men putting on makeup, talking about who are the toughest guys in hockey, and it was so subtle, but it was so brilliant that at the end, Keith goes, you need a little bit more uh, rouge. And I go, oh, right here? Okay. <laughs> and we had just talked about all these, you know, Scott Stevens, all these tough guys. He's a tough guy, and he's a tough guy, and we're putting on makeup. The other one was Lance Armstrong. We were Lance wanted to have his own uh, Sports Center commercial, and the uh, the premise was I'm working late at night riding Sports Center, and the lights flicker and the power is going out. 
So you see me get up from my office chair, walk down steps, walk down steps, walk down steps. And then I come into a place that's got like a sign, high voltage, you know, caution. I open the door and Lance is there and he had just finished on his stationary bike. He, he is providing the power in, uh, <laughs> at ESPN and he's toweling himself off. And I go, Lance, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, I thought everybody was gone. I go, no, 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 we're still working. And then he starts pedaling and then you hear the jolt of electricity, the lights go on. And then I close the door and we did five takes and he was so competitive. He was like, how, how great was, was that great? Like I want it to be great. And then I go, well, I mean, you could do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> he was, he was obsessed with making it great. And I just remember when we got done, he goes, how would you compare? And we like, and then he was, he was, he was bringing up other athletes. It was weird, but he, I mean, all you're doing is doing a sports center commercial, but he wanted to be great and was not going to leave until I said that was great. In fact, one of the producers go, will you bleep and say that it was great just so we can leave? And I You go, were toying with him, Dan. That was great, Lance. That was great. <laughs> was, oh, great. All right. But that was, you know, those, they were just fun seeing these athletes come in and seeing how well they uh, could act or how important it was to them. But what a brilliant, brilliant campaign. That they had. I love that you were toying with Lance Armstrong. That's fantastic. <laughs> also, also, yes, it's hilarious to hear the stories about the Sports Center commercials that we remember every single one in such detail. Really cool to hear the stories on that. If you want more stories, go buy Dan Patrick's book, The Occasionally Accurate Annals of Football, the NFL Greatest Players, Play, Scandal, Screw Ups, plus stuff we totally made up. Very easy to find. And the man can write, he can do everything. We just had a conversation about how he can do everything. I say even act. I'll leave the doubt to Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Aniston. I will not yeah. doubt Dan Patrick yeah. on any ability out there. Dan, we appreciate the time so much. This was fantastic. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you guys. You too, DP. Thanks, man. You too. Dan Patrick, ladies and gentlemen.